<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast. I'm Conrad Francis. I'm joined at the table by, I think Travis used this word before, esteemed. I still don't think he knows how to spell it nor what the definition is, but... Um, we'll have a clue. Yeah. Esteemed what? Esteemed, yeah. I've got some esteemed peeps around me today. <laughs> Joined at the table with uh, with the usual crew and um, one of the originals, Marco, and uh, and one of the. Oh, your, hey, this was your follow up, your self appointed follow up, which created its own issues in itself. <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it evens out with the <laughs> fact that I came up with a great name for the show. So we uh, <laughs> was that your name? That was my name. Okay, the drinks okay. concept was also mine. Okay, speaking Mark, of Marco, you are you are the bringer <laughs> you are the bringer of the topic today. I am the bringer of the topic. I believe uh, we're talking about. Well, you can introduce the topic, or you can introduce your drink, mate. Over to you. Well, we'll start with we'll start with the drink, and then we'll get to the topic. The drink today is a Glenfiddich twelve year old single malt Scotch whiskey. From Privilege. Scotland, as you will know, if it's labelled Scotch, it has to be from Scotland. Um, so, 12 years old, it's going to be super spicy, fit, fit fruity. Key thing you're going to probably taste is pear. I don't know, have cheers a go. Interest. Oh yeah, cheers, James. Cheers. cheers. One so of the only distilleries cheers. still owned and family run. There are very few left like that. How many generations do you reckon? Well, oh, since that's 18, really nice. Since 1888. I wish I brought my hip wow. William Grant built the distillery by hand over a year with a stonemason and <clears> his <throat> nine sons and two daughters. Stonemason? You sure it was a stonemason? Stonemason. Rhymes with... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know <laughs> I don't know where you're going Freemason? Yeah. Freemason. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Who's a Freemason here? Uh, not me. Oh. <laughs> Um, but more interestingly, this bottle was given to me by Nat as a thank you for filming something for her. So oh, thanks, Nat Burton. And this was advised bottle. by Conrad by Francis, yeah, so say. it all comes back around. Oh, so that's, thanks, that's Nat. Delicious. Thanks, Conrad. Yeah, oh, cheers, it is Nat. delicious since Conrad <laughs> re- recommended it now. <laughs> you aren't listening. Well, Nat listened. She did. But that's the title of today's topic that I would like to discuss. And... Why, do I, why did I bring this topic up? Well, it came to me first, and before I go on this burn, I'll give you the credit, Conrad. Oh, really? That you are actually, at times, an excellent listener. And I think you do manage to pull a lot of good from people just by helping them explore their minds. But this one instance... <laughs> but I, you're I, a dick. Uh, <laughs> there was a... Where there, there was is light, there is dark. <laughs> yeah, where there is light, there is dark. There was a two-week period there where... Every second word out of your mouth was, or every second set of words out of your mouth was Knights of Templar. Which got me thinking, how is it that that's applicable to every single conversation that you're having? And are you really listening or are you just wanting to tell people about the Knights of Templar (laughs) and the fact that you've been reading about them? 
which is great because it may be valuable, but it got me thinking, well, how well do we actually listen and how well do we just want to tell people about what's on our minds? You just allowed me to set myself up. That's such a, <laughs> <laughs> such a backhanded compliment. It was fantastic. Like, well done, Mark. question and I gave him the answer and I he know. just fucking shoved it down my neck. No, I knew it was Knights of Templar. He could have asked any one of us. I knew it was Knights of Templar. And I did also start by acknowledging that you are actually great at listening and it was just happened to be that that sparked me in thinking about listening. You should watch an episode of that. Good nice sandwich. Tip, I should watch <laughs> Sorry, Conrad's not listening. <laughs> um, so I think I don't need to convince anyone about the importance of listening, the importance of listening to connect with people um, and what value connection has to, to someone's life. I'm not here to convince you of that. Um, what I started exploring, though, was I started bringing this topic up with a few people and discovered, one, that people consider me to be a good listener. And so um, I thought I would want to share some of my views on what I think listening is, which, as it turns out, is actually quite different to what a lot of people I've been asking what listening actually means to them is and uh, why, we, like, why we might suck at it. So interesting stat that frames it up for me quite nicely is, well, it's not a stat. Well, it roughly is a stat. It's just not very well verified. I saw lots of numbers. Roughly, we can think at twice the rate that someone can talk. So essentially, we've got double the capacity than what someone can actually feed us with information. Wow, that's a, that's a lot. Okay. So when someone's talking to you and you have those thoughts about like, oh, I wonder what I'm going to do tonight or, geez, like, I wonder if, um, this person thinks of me this way or whatever, that you're just using up the rest of that capacity um, because they're not able to take up all of it. So I thought that was interesting and just kind of, and then made me wonder, well, okay, you've got this extra capacity. It comes down to how can you be more disciplined about spending that capacity in the moment? Um, so I went on a bit of a YouTube search and uh, came across... A pretty unseen relative to other TED Talks. Pretty unseen. It's only got 17,000 views. There's another one on listening that's got 1 million. And I just left that because probably more people have seen it. But um, it was a really interesting chat because the Scott Pierce, who, who gives the talk, um, discusses touches on a lot of things, but really discusses two things. One is accepting someone else and emptying yourself of all predisposition uh, or of all emptying yourself of anything that you may want to communicate and being in the moment and then taking action on the message. So um, do you mind if I just take a step back? Because I didn't actually plan to get to that part. Sorry for everyone that's listening. It's a bit confusing. I actually just wanted to start with what people perceive like what they believe good listening to be mm -hmm. and one final thing i want to add was this after having spent time in this it just inspires me to connect with people like when you when you just spend time in what it means to listen to truly listen to someone i find it personally inspiring to better connect with people and so that's why i'm bringing it to today um because connection is like it's, it's energizing and you don't have to do a lot to connect you, if you do some of the things that we're going to chat about today. So that's really why I'm bringing it. What do you, what do you guys think about 
what 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 makes a good listener? What is good listening? Moth, we'll start with you because you're a great listener. <laughs> um, that's that's if you define listening as not talking. Um. <laughs> <laughs> How do you define listening? I feel listening to understand is is how I would define listening um, to truly understand their perspective and not overlay it with your context or whatever. Um, I guess it'd be how I'd define, like if, if you're saying to something to me, I'm trying to, I'm actually listening to what you're saying with the... Um, so go deeper in what understanding means to you. And I'm not looking for an answer here. Yeah, trying. for me, it's having... Looking under like if, as you say something to me, for me digesting what that means to you, rather than what it means to me, I guess. Um, like you said, as you're talking, I'm fifty percent processing what you're saying, and the other fifty percent is overlaying my context. It's overlaying what I'm going to say next. It's overlaying what I'm, what I think about what you've said. It's about what I th- think what I think you mean by what you say, I think, and I think for me, good listening is just understanding what you're saying, void of the the context that I overlay over it. So I guess trying to find the truth, not your truth, not my truth. Okay. Correct. Yeah, I guess without going to the textbook definition, I I, I concur with, with Moth. In the end, not the front jam or whatever that was. <laughs> but hearing somebody and understanding them from their point. Um, that so understanding, that word keeps coming up. What is? What do you think? Like, when do you feel you have understood something? Well, it's not it's for me to understand where they're coming from. So hearing them speak about their topic or their situation. Um, and I'm, I'm probably going to say you empathetically which puts you in their shoes somewhat, um, but that's what I'm trying to get to, is that you, you know where they're coming from as opposed to overlaying your judgment of the situation too early over the top. And do you have any views on why you think some people might, why we, because we, I think we all do it. You have to really be disciplined to be a great listener all the time. What do you think are some things that would cause people just to not be good listening, like be listening well, sorry? Um, Straight away, what comes to mind is is com- combat the combative nature that goes into to getting your point across versus hearing somebody else speak. Yeah, so having a predefined yeah. message. Yeah, largely. I mean, because I think that. I mean, it was an interesting topic. So, so then this is really, really interesting from from the perspective you're framing it. Because um, if you're constantly thinking about how you're going to say something to address what you're hearing, are you really hearing it? I'm going to add mine because it's not, I'm not looking for an answer. I just want to know. Um, mine's different in that it's, I see, I see listening as really a service of helping someone else explore whatever it is that they're trying to, what they're trying to work through. And I know, and I'm talking outside of all of the transactional stuff. So like you need to hear someone tell you something is $9.50 in order to pay them $9.50. But to connect, there's real, like 
I don't even have to understand you. The, the, the reason I find my definition so empowering is I don't have to understand you as long as I am willing to help you explore whatever it is that you're trying to explore and ask you questions to help you navigate. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Help you navigate your headspace. And I'm listening because I'm not coming at it from a, oh, I understand this and therefore I can relate my experiences and help you. Like, I don't even, I, I don't even assume to know that I can help you. I just am helping, I am allowed, like I'm being someone that feeds your brain different questions and that's it. And and it's it's like, I, I find this interesting because I've not had anyone else come back to me and say that it's always about comprehension and um, information retention yeah. and I'm interested. Like, Yeah, for you it's more about facilitation. That's um, my spin. For, for me, and when you went to MOF first, I'd, I cemented this in my head so I wouldn't change it. And it is, for me, is listening without the need or want to respond. So it's just, be so I don't overlay my shit or exactly what you were just saying there. You know, it's just listening. Quite simply, just listening to what they have to say without needing for me to reply, respond, put my opinion, overlay my shit onto what they're saying. You don't think understanding forms any part of it I, I understand where Marco is coming from and what he, what he said and it actually I mean I, I, I'm interested to, to I think that goes next level for sure but if you're going to strip it right back to the, the essence the, of listening I mean because is it in, not in itself even with the intent not to listen still in action sorry not to overlay still in action to understand that that's what you're trying to do because all action is action right whether inaction or whatever yeah. so it's all action yeah Yeah, yeah. If you, if you, if I guess, if your end result is to understand, I think. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if your your end result is anchored in in helping whoever you're listening yeah. to, because my again, my context is listening in a in a deeper connection conversation type, not a very transactional one. Um, yeah, like why why do you have to understand? Like sometimes someone just needs to tell you something. Reg- to get it off their chest to talk about it you know like do you truly have to understand or sympathize with that person what they're saying no i mean i I agree with you you don't truly have to do it i just i struggle with it because yeah i mean i i I, you know what fundamentally i like what you say i just struggle with it but it comes down to um the what do you that's why i asked what do you define as understanding I guess you know yeah. what I mean. Maybe it's because I solve a lot of problems on a regular basis, um, and that's how I frame conversations. And I, I probably enter them with the preface that I do need to fix something or solve something. Mm. If I um, if I can interject, I sure. I, I just think because it's on that on that point. What what really came to mind, not so much my definition, but um, is understanding. I guess the motive of yeah. what that communication is. And yeah. one thing where I'll I'll make a mistake is often when I'm listening. I'm looking to solve the problem that's coming up. Whereas, for example, with my wife and maybe she's just looking for some empathy or sympathy from the situation, but I'm actually, I'm not, that's not listening. So then what is listening, I guess, is when you're, yeah, more, more closely identifying what, what, what's not the words, but what's, what's behind the words and what, what the conversation is all about. And it might be 
something as simple as it's just small talk in, in a particular environment or it might be you know a more significant conversation somewhere else but i think it's it's going beyond the words is is to me what understanding is yeah. there's a there's a part where scott pierce because scott pierce talks about improv he's an improv actor professional improv actor and talks about emptying yourself and observing things such as what you're bringing to the table energy wise What's your partner in the conversation bringing to the conversation energy-wise? And uh, one topic that I wanted to discuss was accepting everything. So you go into a conversation and you accept that any that, that whatever the other person is putting in front of you, you accept that. And he talks about the difference between acceptance and agreeing, which I struggle with. I don't know if that bends anyone else's brain. But in order to accept, and essentially it's a, I think it's just a different word for being vulnerable within a conversation because you just have to accept it, uh, someone else's position. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but he talks about that as a key to unlocking great improv scenes and likens it to listening because you go into a conversation and you already have a predisposed idea about what needs to be discussed or what needs to be achieved or what this person's problem already is and you're not empty you're not there you're not present so how can you truly listen and what's startling to me is how many conversations like that of true connection like if you think about how much you would want to connect on a daily basis how many interactions do you go in truly aware of all those things? Not many. So, yeah. And Sweet I've enjoyed, yeah, I've enjoyed this little rabbit hole because it is, it true connection doesn't seem that far away in terms of you don't need to be able to understand someone. You, uh, you don't need to understand what they're going through. You I think you need to connect with it energetically. Like I think you need to bring yourself and see what their energy is and then be, be, allow yourself to connect into that. Then apart from that, have nothing to say, you know, nothing, no need to say anything. And further I go down that, that's actually when you think about what someone's textbook definition of a good friend is, it's someone good to talk to. That's actually counter what good listening is. You should, you know, in my opinion, or the, in how I'm feeling about this, the more I explore it, the less you say, uh, the less you say, the more you ask is is probably better. And conventional conversation, conventional definition of what good conversation is and good listening isn't that. I don't know, does that pop anyone else's head? Yeah, I, I think it resonates with me. The more you ask is more powerful than responding with your interpretation of what they should do or you know, your opinion. Because like you asking questions, A, is showing that you're listening to what they're saying and B, you're helping them come to the conclusion or extract the information out of them because they, they have all the information required for whatever reason you're needing to listen to them. 
and it's not up to you to uh, give that information. It's for them to find it. But if you can be of service to enable them to find it, then that is, I guess, true listening to me um, because you're listening to what they're saying and asking questions for them to find it rather than just overlaying your portrayal of what you think they should do. Take the power away from them. Just assume that you have the answer and they don't. Yeah. Yeah. This is also, you know, fairly, I don't know, whether it's 80-20 or whatever it is, but we're, we're talking about like a, a serious conversation in a lot of ways. I mean, you talk about listening or what you might say someone's a good conversationalist, right? That's not that. That, to me, on, from hearing what you're saying and just reflecting on it, often people don't want to talk that much. Um, like, say, in a, a fairly loose, like, you know, scene where you don't know too many people or otherwise. So often, you know, three or four people that don't know each other very well and one's a good conversationalist, they're doing most of the talking. That's very different to listening. And probably no one in that setting is really listening as such. But in a more, you know, a deeper conversation um, is, is probably where, where you're talking to it. I think most of the time people aren't listening. Not really. And even if they are, only just enough and they're following just enough in the pattern of the conversation to keep up. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But think I think um, you, but you, look at, you look at then society and what we class to be interaction and spending time with people mm. and if you follow down this thought of okay well listening is you know you really get connection through really listening not just having predis pre predetermined messages to fire at each other then how much connection are we actually missing out on oh <laughs> we're getting a shit ton but it's like I mean, I, I was, so it's such a simple thing to have right in your face that you can do so much about in going into any conversation. And it, it actually is energizing and empowering because I think a lot, a lot of the time people don't feel like they want to say much. They don't, they don't feel like they want to talk. They just don't feel comfortable. But if you're, a, if you're listening well, you're, you know, you're, you're empty, you know, you're being aware of your energy, you're aware of their energy. The comfort will come from that. If you're being a good listener, a, a comfort will come for them. And sometimes they don't need to be comfortable. Like we know it's not about making comfortable and things easy all the time, but the, um, the, sorry, did, I'm going to move on to another little bit here. No, let's keep moving just, on unless anyone else has it. Yeah, I was just going to say you could be, you could have a connection while being uncomfortable. If their intention is to serve you and they're free of their ego, then um, 100%, like you could be uncomfortable in that situation. Like I've had plenty of uncomfortable conversations with you guys like, like half an hour ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> however, I, I know that the, you guys listen, the intention was there to serve and therefore whilst I was uncomfortable, I felt a connection. I felt heard because um, it wasn't coming from a place of you guys trying to solve my problem or, and I find I do that a lot as a listener is I very quickly try to think about 
solving their problem and that comes from a place of ego and that I'm trying to understand what's going on for them but then overlay my solution to kind of give myself that pat on the back of like well done me for listening and helping them and I know that if you purely come from a place of service that's free of ego it's simply like as you're saying Marco to facilitate them to help themselves because the answer is there um I guess, yeah, does it come from a place of service or does it come from a place of ego? And um, that can be a really important um, deliminator, I guess. Um, with, I'm interested in, in where you're sitting now with respect to what you weren't liking before, Conrad. No, I don't, I don't think it's a not it's not a like thing. I mean, I can completely appreciate what you're saying. I think it, it sits... It's just in conjecture to me because most of my conversations, I feel like I probably default to solving problems more often than not. I I attribute what you're just saying. You said at the start, Marco, about like Conrad, um, you know, responding with a preconceived thing because I definitely feel that from time to time where you you know you've uh, you've said something and then this generic response come back. From, you, me, from me yeah yeah that's like the flavor of the week of what he's studying <laughs> you know so it was, this, this wasn't designed to bring this up by the way no, like, so, yeah. just, just, like so, just to make ganged. it clear currently it's joe dispenza but no but ge- but genuinely <laughs> like genuinely like because there was a couple of times like I, i'm <laughs> not to hang up on you here because i i am as guilty of it but it's in my forefront uh, like I remember this one time recently, I I called you, um, no, you called me to check in and see how you're doing, and I blurted all this stuff out, and I was quite like I hadn't said it, and I needed to get it off my chest, and then you just came back with this like generic thing about um, oh yeah, just checking in, you know, rah rah <laughs> something about this this and this, and I was like he just did not listen to like one word <laughs> I just said then, yeah, you know, and I actually, I actually left the conversation like feeling worse than I went into it because like you know no, no seriously like because I, so I felt what are you fucking ring back <laughs> no no like I, I felt like you know you know one of my best mates has called me to check in on me you know I've, I'm hyped about that and then this fucker didn't even listen to me <laughs> so I, I understand exactly where you're coming from with the listening part. And I'm the only person that's done it in your life that you've No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't, I, like, I... Sorry, I just done it to me. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a ter- I put my hand up, I'm terrible at I'm it. I'm sure I've done it to I'm, I'm terrible at it, under, uh, 100%. You know, but like that, that's just a prime example in, in my mind at the moment, you know, from what you said as well. I just think it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be too... Like it wouldn't be an overestimation to be at least eighty percent, ninety percent of conversations on a daily basis. I reckon basis. you'd be hi- higher. Higher, yeah. right? Uh, given given the way you framed it, I reckon it has to be higher. Think so, about like client interactions and things as well. Like it's basically predefined situations just being repeated and repeated. But part of me, part of me actually feels a little <laughs> ill. <laughs> <laughs> Why? At Why? The concept, the concept of actually just sitting there. And listing the way Marco described it. <laughs> but you listen and you help, like, you just assume that they have the answer. No, he doesn't like that. 
Yeah, because... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, and you know what? I fundamentally... We all know that we all have our own answers, right? Yeah. We know that. I guess part of me just is is gut-wrenched to the fact that what you've got to listen to to get to it when you can just stop it and put it there straight away. <laughs> but that takes the, that takes the, the power the away answer. from them, right? That takes the power yeah, away yeah, from yeah. them. No, you're, mate, you're, you're right. And I'm not saying anything other than the fact that it's something that I've got to work on. I mean... I think everyone Every, needs to. Everyone needs to. Everyone needs to. Yeah. I brought it up because it was funny that that was the conversation that sparked me then being like, is Conrad listening? But you are like, again, I'll say it again. You are being one of the biggest mentors in my life and have been a huge voice of reason and support. So I don't, I, I just want to take a moment to appreciate that about you. So thank you very much. It just also happened that you were the, Example yeah, I get it, man. I mean, so like, not to take the piss. It's, I mean, it's, take this a little bit. Yeah, obviously. yeah. I mean, I'm good with that. I Simple mean, Minds podcast. Come it's on. um, <laughs> it is, it is like I said, it's it's a. I was when I when I watched the you know, I only watched the video this, this afternoon before I got here and I printed out the, vote, the notes and stuff and I actually enjoyed what I listened to, and I was going to be interested in how you really went down and framed this. So yeah, I'm really I'm enjoying what you're doing. Um, so the ne- the other part is that he 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 goes then and likens improv to having conversations in the real world. So improv, there's an exercise which we've actually all been exposed to through some of the personal development courses that we've done, which is a, an exercise called yes and, or and then, whichever one, whichever one you choose, but yes and. And he uses that as a, as a way to describe having a, uh, an open conversation, uh, sorry, being engaged and open and empty to where the conversation may take you and the yes is acceptance so it's accepting whatever their reality is because if you fall at the first part of that yes end if you deny the reality of someone else then you're doing one of two things you're either forcing them to reframe their reality to fit yours and it's a power play or it results in conflict and we know where conflict gets us. It's just there's a there's a loss of understanding. So the first part is acceptance, and he talks about acceptance versus uh, agreeing. And I still I don't have a I don't have a conversational way of being like well accepting is this and agreeing is this, but I think it has something to do with um, like how do you accept but not agree. Well, I've got a good example. Today, you better not include me. Yeah, <laughs> today, today, today I was talking with Conrad Francis. <laughs> but I didn't speak. When did I speak to you today? We didn't, mate. Oh. Well, unless you were the Uber driver, <laughs> it was a woman. But, <laughs> but, um, so I'm pretty relatively certain it wasn't you. Um, no, but she, I got in the car, and and she just went berserk on McGowan, like. For those, Trans, mate. for those listening, um, political issues re- regarding COVID and that, about how we should have done this with um, with Palmer and rah, rah, rah. And I, I didn't necessarily agree with what well, I, I didn't agree with what she was very passionately um, projecting. And I just, I did exactly that. I don't, I don't remember specifically what I said. But I didn't shut up. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't stop her. I just took the conversation and said something that I was, you know, 
in a, in a similar area, but just something that I was comfortable with. I just I yes ended it effectively. I just moved up, moved the conversation along. I didn't. I could have caused conflict, but then what for? Not in that environment. She's driving me for fifteen minutes. Like I just don't. We don't need to. I don't need to change her world and or impress mine upon her. Well, I mean, then I would say potentially not the greatest example of connection. Definitely an example of acceptance versus agreeing. We perhaps. actually went on to have a pretty or a pretty good 20-minute conversation about a lot of things. Oh, yeah? Uh, um, yeah, it moved into innovation, technology, what's happening in WA. Uh, we actually had a really good conversation. But if I had have conf- like, created conflict at that point, it probably would have been a shit 20 minutes. So it, it, I, I know what you're saying, but I actually it did actually lead into into a pretty good yeah, conversation. Yeah, okay, so then it must be, and I'm going to take a moment to pause there because then I just I just violated the yes and part of yes. I was just like, well, surely that didn't lead to connection. Yeah. But um, so coming back out of that, okay, great. So it led to connection. So then that means that it, you, did, you were doing the second part, yeah. which is the and, which is taking action. And this guy talks about you take whatever your scene partner feeds you mm. and you build upon that. Mm. You accept it and you build. And you don't pre you don't predetermine what it is you're going to build, and that's that part about where you have that spare capacity where you've got something queued up to say. An exercise that I've been doing a lot lately after reading all this is I'll have stuff come up mid sentence that someone says to me, and I'm like, ooh, I want to pick up on that point, and I'm starting to find the discipline of being like, I'm going to let that point go and see what comes up at the end of the sentence, or see what comes up at the end of the thing that they're saying. Because otherwise, I'm just queuing up something and I'm waiting for a gap for them to say something. Mm. No, I just did that myself. I mean, we, we do that. It, but yeah. that's that's 99% of our that's 99% of our communication. Yeah. But like I started at 70, now it's 99. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess so. <laughs> that's I mean, probably I got, a better. I got, some, I, got I got some. I got some bolstering from you guys <laughs> being like oh, at least 90. And I was like, yeah, yeah, go Marco. <laughs> it's just COVID kind of stats. Yeah, you know, just the way they yeah, count. Um, So I think one, this is just my own notes from it. Well, you've got that down. I just highlighted the, the issue around vulnerability. Yeah. So what was it? What, so I was just about to bring up vulnerability in acceptance and in all of this. Yeah, what, in, in accepting you, another person's reality is, is opening yourself up to vulnerable uh, to vulnerability because it's not yours. Mm-hmm. So that I found that interesting. Um, I would never have looked at it or seen it or felt it that way. Okay. Well, that's cool. So I think the... And that's a key to growth, right? Absolutely. And, yeah, sorry. It's also, it's also key to staying in the present moment, which is one of the topics we talked about before. Right? If you stay in the now, then that's where you grow, then that is the unknown. Yeah. You stay in the now to listen. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be present. Yeah, because if, we, if you're able to top on the questioning, on, on, the, on the conversation, you're always thinking about how to respond as opposed or, to... Or if you're queuing, you know, queuing yeah. responses as well. You start to... I mean, I never really considered that concept about okay, how we can only take half. Good, good job to try and practice. Yeah, but like that other half of what you've got, you're spending your brain on. You know, clean, you usually get queuing that, thinking oh, about that. Crazy. What if this response comes up? And often, yeah, we're left not wanting to be vulnerable going, what do I say next? But it, t- it, take, it takes you out of, you know, we talked about this survival creation stuff. It takes you out of the creator. Mm. 
takes you out of creator. It, it takes you out of survival. Creation. It's survival stuff. It's also, that's all survival stuff. Being in the present. No, 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 no. no. no doing the opposite of what you're saying, like oh, okay. what normal people converse like. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's what that's yeah. what I think. Fuck me. Yeah, it's... absolutely. Absolutely. But, but that's why I Shit, think it's okay. so powerful because you look at it and you go connection, right? Connection is taking you away from the survival and putting you into more of a space yeah. that's creator. And yet we do 99% of our communication Oof. somewhere else. That's powerful, man. Oof. Yeah. And the um, the thing that came up... Oh, damn. I think I've just forgotten. Well, it's good that I forgot because... Great, I'm in the moment now. I'll, if it comes up, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in then. I'm still struggling with the agreement and acceptance. So can you truly have an agreement without acceptance? Or are you just agreeing and then overlaying your... It's it's accepting, but you don't have to agree. Roger. Accepting ah, what they've okay. said, right? Yeah, yeah. So right. And you might yeah. not agree with their point of view, but you don't have to conflict them because yeah. of it. So you you accept it, that that's their truth, but you don't have to be like, oh yeah, that's mine too. Yeah, you don't take it on as yours. Yeah, you just okay. go, you build upon theirs in order to have a connection. Yeah. Because otherwise you're doing one or two things. You're forcing them to take on your reality or you're having conflict yeah. and you can't connect in either in either way mm. ah, cool powerful um, yeah that's just a couple of dominoes just put one yeah Tetris just went into those spots it's crazy when topics we've talked about line itself up and they've been saying that for 106 episodes <laughs> <laughs> the um the thing about queuing up what you want to say based on what you've heard and oh you've got a really good response scott talks about it in the video and he's like when someone i think there's a term for it improv i've forgotten the term but it's basically when someone feeds you a line and the line he goes the line he gives an example of is well that's the last day i ran a marathon backwards and everyone's like what he's like that's an amazing line because like why was i running a marathon backwards why is it the last time I'm ever running a marathon? Did something bad happen? Should I have been there? Like, did you win? You know, he's like, all of those things come into my mind. And then because I want to be funny, I'm, I'm then working on what is the best thing to say. And he's like, it doesn't matter. If the goal is connection, it just doesn't matter. There is no best thing. It's just like, where are you in the moment? Um, I th- I, that was powerful for me. Goes back to my nothing matters anyway type rant. No, but it's it's really interesting that where it's a fear of of being able to create, like be able to create conversation at that point in time. I've heard it recently in another context where it was like if you're if you want to bucket loads of cash, what you're actually running from is backing yourself at a later stage to be able to create what you need at that time, um, if that makes sense. And it, it makes sense in this context of a conversation. You, like, you're, you're wanting to bank up responses because you're, you're fucking scared of being vulnerable in that future moment. So all of that is focused on, on that negative ego side of the brain going, fuck, what's next? Fuck. And so much so that you can often not be paying any attention to what's happening on the other side of the conversation. But so is that person. So largely, both of you could say almost fucking anything and you, <laughs> you would just be having the same conversation that you just think you're having based on the scenario. Are we going to get to the existentialism in here? 
Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's mentioned here. That's what I said. It's actually quite funny. Yeah, I... Um, I actually like the way they've used it here. Yeah. <laughs> so how, you've, got the, you've got the actual transcription yeah, of so it. Yeah, so it's got here. Emptiness. So, um, so they, he talks about a few religions and how they use um, that, that, um, that nothingness as a point of um, inflection or reflection or, or, or a point to move from. He goes, the concept of kenosis, actually, no, what he starts with Christianity. Uh, if I attach expectations to those things, it's frustrating. If I can release those and uh, let life flow through me, I have contentment and peace in Christian theology. There's a concept of kenosis, which is the emptying of the self to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. And Sufism have a phenomenon which is to die before one dies and that Leo Shin's, uh, before one dies. And Leo Shin's uh, book, The Three body problems he quotes a buddhist monk saying emptiness is not is not nothingness emptiness is the t as a type of existence you must use the existential emptiness to fill yourself and this this kind of emptiness uh, is the kind of emptiness he's talking about it's not a yourself, denial of self it's to, yeah it's to put yourself in a space where you can receive mm. which is all listening really isn't it yeah it's receiving yeah, it's funny though, right? Because you know the work the work that um, I've done and you guys have done in relation to hearing yourself is you've got to put your mind in a space where you can receive yourself. And I can, I guess when when you're doing that, and your ego kicks in and tries to subside that that voice, I think you know that's like what normal conversations would appear to be like. Um, but when you really commit to hearing that voice, and, and you know, and all of us know you, we can, um, that's really listening. Well, you're going to get that from other people as well, right? Because largely... I'm, well, I'm talking about you hearing your intuitive yeah, guidance. Yeah, but your intuitive guidance is also, like if someone talks to you, you're going you're gonna to overlay a perception on that, which is also information for you as well. So rather than just trying to quickly spit back your your thoughts to them in the conversation, what is it meaning to you is actually an insight into your intuitive thought. But the practices that we've gone through with the various courses we've done, the amount of times you have to sit there and actually just listen to hear mm. and then respond after a period of quiet, mm. that's probably the nearest I've been to those types of moments that you've described him through this. And it's amazing what you do here, right? If you allow yourself to listen. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've all done it. You know, what, what we hear in the, in, in the absence of speaking is phenomenal. Well, I guess those, I mean, they're examples and there's others, but what a lot of those things are doing is actually forcing you, like often they're like a guided meditation or something where you're literally forced to not speak by nature of the exercise, which I guess provides the depth of allowing the opportunity to listen to all of that. And so not just that, but your entire environment as well, but that then allows you to bring out some of that intuitive thought and journaling is the unknown of that. Like how much can you do without actually like a lot of those types of activities are uh, meditation type things and into journaling. And, and that's 
it's coming out in that way. I wonder, yeah. is that really, truly possible without that journaling action piece, like to add on to it? Because, you know, often when you're in that sort of state or in my, my experience in that state is I don't know what I'm writing. Like maybe I know the next word I'm writing, but like it, you're just flowing along and it's coming out, right? So I don't know, that's, that's interesting. Um, maybe that's the end piece in, in that type of self-reflection. So there's one exercise that Scott uh, recommends is to do a yes and. You pick a day a week. That for that entire day, every interaction that you have, you make it a focus to accept and build upon. And obviously, it doesn't mean tongue in cheek. That'd be tougher. No. But there was. (laughs) (laughs) But um, how much? Health through connection is available by just even turning 5% of our conversations oh. into more of just a, I'm going to listen. And I remember back to when I, I did a weekend where there were four days where I didn't talk. And looking back on the journal notes of that, one of the biggest things that um, I remember writing down was so little of what people mean is actually what they say. And there's so much you can read from someone by just watching their eyes in particular, but watching the rest of their body. Um, and that, you know, if I'm going to add my own suggestion for people's, if they want to explore listening, you do a four, a four days in normal, normal society. I went to dinner with friends and I, I still reminisce with friends how we had like some of the best dinners that we've ever had. I went one-on-one with a friend to dinner and I wasn't talking. And we still look back on that evening that we hung out as one of the best hangouts we've ever had. Um, Did they talk? They talked. Yeah, yeah, they would talk. <laughs> and I was so just someone had to order the food. Some of those dinners. <laughs> someone had to order the food. So um, then there were ones as well where I was I was like texting within the so to respond I would text, but it was just amazing how much that forced me just to limit my responses to more questions or things that would help them to continue talking that made for these, like now I'm just kind of like, man, I should do this more. <laughs> but um, better get anyway, better Jacob's been like, I've been there's one, years, mate. <laughs> there's one, there's one quote, which I'll end this one on unless anyone wants to jump in with anything. Is it that Mark Davis one? Yeah. yeah. I love that quote. Um, he talks about a story between uh a guy, obviously everyone knows Miles Davis, or I'm assuming most people know who Miles Davis is, and um, a member of his band. And he tells a story about how a member of his band plays a quote-unquote wrong key. And Miles Davis at that point had an opportunity to either stop the show and you know ridicule that for being the wrong key or riff with the key and turn it into something beautiful. And the quote is, it's not the note you play that's the wrong note. It's the note after that makes the note the right or the wrong note. And that's just a beautiful way of summarizing the and then and sorry, the yes and and the the connection piece. You can you can make anything beautiful you can make any connection beautiful as long as you accept and you build upon. I mean, even more broadly, failure, like or or perceived failure, what you do next is what what is most important. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Pull from that. 
So, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Powerful. That band member, by the way, was Herbie Hancock. Herbie know. Hancock, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you brother? mean? Don't you know Herbie Hancock? Fuck, he's one of the most amazing, um, what's the word? Is it pianist, organist? One of those, the guy that plays keys anyway. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. There you go. You wrapping it up, Conrad? Am I? Oh, well, yeah, okay, cool. You're, you're the host. <laughs> Moth? <laughs> you opened it? You want to close? Did I open? He asked you, he asked you the question. Oh, I, Do you want anything to add before we wrap so up? I have something um, that I'd filed, filed a way to talk about, but um, I, I, that was a good conclusion. I didn't want to spoil it. Okay. Cool. It's been great. Like, share, subscribe. I reckon this is a pretty good topic. I mean, oh. hopefully you got to the end of it because I think it's a pretty powerful piece. If you can, if you can change 5% of your conversations, who knows what will happen. Thanks, Marco. It's been a Cheers, pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. See you for now. Bye-bye. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Simple Minds podcast. If you like our show and want to know more, then check out our website at simplemindspodcast.com. If you like, you can even leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. The Simple Minds podcast is also on Facebook, Insta, and for those that like to keep things formal, LinkedIn. So follow us there if you want to keep up with the latest updates from the show. See you next week.